This is The Scoop for Thursday. Good morning. I'm Lisa Marzilli with the WMNF News Headlines. At least 22 people are dead and dozens more wounded in a mass shooting overnight in Lewiston, Maine. And the suspected gunman is still at large. Donna Water reports. Police say the man opened fire at a bar and grill and a bowling alley in Lewiston Wednesday evening, and he's still on the loose. Michael Sawchuk is commissioner of the Maine Department of Public Safety. He appeared at a news conference carried by WMTW. Police are currently searching for a Robert R. Card, 4-4-1983 of Bowden. Card is considered armed and dangerous. He is a person of interest, however. A police intelligence bulletin says Card was trained as a firearms instructor at a U.S. Army Reserve training facility in Saco, Maine, and had been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks in the summer. The bulletin says Card had reported hearing voices and had threatened to carry out a shooting at the training facility. I'm Donna Water. Last night's shooting was the 565th mass shooting this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. Officials say data indicates a potential liner tear in an active phosphogypsum stack in Polk County may have released an unknown amount of radioactive process water into the environment. The incident occurred on October 20th at the Mosaic New Wales facility in Mulberry. An inspection report from Saturday shows the possible tear was deemed by Mosaic as a critical condition event meaning a written report of the problem and the company's plan to fix it has to be submitted to the state within one week. The property has a history of issues, including a massive sinkhole that opened in 2016, allowing some 215 million gallons of contaminated water to seep into Florida's aquifer. Glenn Compton, chair of the environmental advocacy group Minnesota 88, said this is just another example of one of the legacies that the phosphate industry is leaving behind, one of pollution that we have to be concerned with every time there's a stack that has a failure. Striking UAW workers say they've reached a tentative contract agreement with Ford. The deal includes a 25% wage increase over the next four years and enhanced retirement benefits. This is UAW President Sean Fain. We told Ford to pony up, and they did. We won things nobody thought was possible. Since the strike began, Ford put 50% more on the table than when we walked out. The four-year deal still needs to be approved by Ford's 57,000 UAW members. Florida is one of the top states in the nation for book bans in schools. WMNF's Chris Young reports one initiative is sending banned books to Floridians for free. Joyce Linehan, co-founder of BannedBooksUSA.org, was disturbed by the book bans in Florida and across the nation. Books and libraries have always been really important to us, and and I, you know our 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 democracy I think is being threatened by these uh, these attempts to quell intellectual freedom. So she partnered with Paul English, a fellow bookworm and tech entrepreneur, who founded the travel website Kayak. They created BannedBooksUSA.org to provide free books to Floridians that have been challenged, banned, or removed from schools. Customers only have to pay for shipping. Andy Hunter is the CEO of Bookshop.org, the supplier of the books. He says BannedBooksUSA.org's model has been sustainable so far. Donations are matching 
the book sales roughly. So it seems like it's able to go on. People are ordering books, um, hundreds of books have shipped so far, but we've also gotten thousands of dollars in donations. Lena Han encourages readers to fight against the spike in book banning. Start showing up at your library board meetings and your school library board meetings because uh, other people, the people who would ban books are showing up and they are speaking up. And that's how this is happening. It's been going on for a long time. Um, So it's really important that people who value intellectual freedom and the freedom to read are showing up in those spaces. The organization is hoping to expand across the nation. For WMNF News, I'm Chris Young. The St. Petersburg Shuffleboard Club is turning 100 years old. WMNF's Corey Beltran reports the celebration includes this week's International Shuffleboard Association World Championships. In downtown St. Pete this week, the world's oldest and largest shuffleboard club hosts the Shuffleboard World Championships while gearing up for Friday's festivities that also celebrate their centennial anniversary. For many international players like Pam Hill and Jonathan Schnapp, this tournament is just as much about reconnecting with old friends and fostering an inviting community as it is about the fame. Yes, I come to play shuffleboard, and I've been doing it a long time, but uh, I come for the sociability and uh, and to see people like Jonathan. I really do. Pam, by the way, isn't just Pam. She's, she's Hall of Famer Pam Hill. <laughs> Amy Marshall, the club's manager, wants to encourage everyone to experience what the shuffleboard community has built over the decades and generations at this week's Galactic After Party. This Friday, because it is uh, the wrapping up of the World Tournament, we're going to be having a special Friday Night Shuffle this Friday night. So we would love for people to come out. It's going to be from 7 to 10 p.m. There's going to be a DJ. We're going to have Galactic Shuffle. And it's going to be sort of the send-off to this World Championship and also the kickoff to our centennial, to the 100-year anniversary of the club. The tournament is open to the public and is being held until Friday's finals, which start at 1.30, with social events planned throughout the evening. For WMNF News, I'm Corey Beltran in St. Pete. In weather, sunny and breezy with a high of 86 today. Lows tonight will be in the upper 60s. More sunshine and a high of 88 on Friday. I'm Lisa Marzilli with the WMNF News Headlines. This is The Scoop, recorded at WMNF Tampa.